You have greatness within you. You have the ability to do more than you can ever begin to imagine. See, I believe that anybody through observation and practice can perform at the level of excellence. But when you're pursuing your greatness, this is worth writing down, you don't know what your limits are and you act like you don't have any. So I say to you, you have something special. You have greatness within you. And welcome to uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast. I'm Son Edom, and tonight we're going to be talking about something that maybe keeps us from the greatness that is within us. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about some of the things that uh, make us better, make us a better person. We talked about two weeks ago, we talked about fear of failure and overcoming that fear of failure, keeping us from being the great person. And as we heard right there in that opening segment, we talked about last week, the greatness in us and what it takes to have that greatness come out, that championship mindset, that mindset that you're king of your jungle. And so what we're going to be talking about here is something that on the eve of Lent and on this Fat Tuesday, in fact, uh, Mardi Gras, usually going on at this time. And then we move into more of a somber type of season when it comes to those that do participate in a religious faith that deals with Lent. And so the topic is tonight forgiveness, the forgiveness of others, but more importantly, the forgiveness of ourselves and focusing on what that forgiveness does to us that keeps us from that greatness that is within us. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, how does forgiveness, you know, a lot of times we think of forgiveness as forgiving somebody else, right? They do something to us. They've harmed us. They've hurt us. And so, therefore, I need to forgive them. And I need to do it once they come and ask for it. You know, so it's something that the offender comes to us makes amends, so to speak, in the asking of forgiveness, and then we will give them something in return, and that is the forgiveness. But when you take a look at it and you go deeper, especially with the lens of greatness and being the best us and making us become the best who we are, and then going after those things that try to make us set the standard high, so that we can then be the inspiration for others, so that we can be the example, so that others around us then raise their standard and take on that championship mindset, that king of their jungle mindset. And a lot of times what happens is if we don't, A, forgive others, a lot of things will start to set in that lower that bar. A lot of energy is used and focused on something that takes us away from that greatness that is within. And then also, if we don't forgive ourselves, how many times do we do things and we regret it? We kick ourselves. You know, we talked about it last week. If we could go back and ask our younger selves or tell our younger selves something, our 18-year-old selves, what would it be? It's usually some advice to overcome adversity or something to avoid or someone to avoid or stay away from the situation because it's something that we regret And oftentimes that comes from us not forgiving ourselves. And there's a lot of things that forgiveness falls under. For example, it could be an act. We did something to somebody else. Somebody else did something to us. 
Or maybe it's we did something to ourselves by not acting. Or maybe we did something to ourselves by allowing a situation to take place. Or we allow ourselves to get into a situation that we later regret, and so therefore we kick ourselves about it. Or maybe it's just, you know, we're overcoming something. You know, we've been going through this pandemic, and maybe we allowed ourselves to gain weight. Maybe we allowed ourselves to get lazy. Maybe we didn't take the opportunity to check up on people, and something happened. And so we don't forgive ourselves for those things. And so we go through the gamut of what is forgiveness and how does that affect us and how does that keep us from the greatness that is within us. Now, as you know, I like to start the show with definitions so that we can all be on the the same page because a lot of times people have different definitions and they'll have different ideas of what something might be. And so by giving a definition, it just allows us to kind of be all on the same page, okay? And so in this case, forgiveness or to forgive is the, the idea of ceasing to feel resentment towards the offender. So somebody does something to me, I resent them for that. And so I don't forgive. But when I give up that feeling of resentment, when I give up that grudge, when I give up that revenge, I am ceasing to feel that. I'm giving that up toward the person that offended me. And like I said just a moment ago, that person that offends us could be us. It doesn't have to be somebody else. It could be us. It could be something that happened to us. It could be something, a situation that we allowed ourselves to get into. And so when it comes to the idea of forgiveness, a lot of times people will think that forgiveness is a weakness. You hear the idea or the concept or the, the saying, forgive and forget. But forgiveness isn't about weakness. Forgiveness isn't about a negativity. And as we delve into this tonight, the idea is going to come, at least this is what I got out of it. You can maybe get something else out of it. But what I got out of it was forgiveness goes beyond the weakness. Remember when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, we take something that's a disadvantage and we turn it into an advantage, that's what forgiveness is. It's taking a disadvantage and turning it into an advantage because forgiveness is not weakness. In fact, forgiveness is strength. You never know how strong you are until you forgive someone who wasn't sorry and accept an apology you will never receive. Healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. Forgive others. Not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. They're the comment. Forgiveness is strength. It's peace. It gives us control. It's not about the other person. Now, like I said, there are many components to forgiveness, but this, what we're talking about tonight is, is us. It's getting that peace. And it's strength to forgive somebody, especially when they don't ask for it. You might think to yourself, well, how can you forgive somebody if they don't ask for it? Well, it's strength. How many times you watch a movie, and I, and I don't know if you guys, maybe I'm dating myself, but Fred Flintstone, a cartoon, and you can name any other cartoon or maybe any other movie, but whenever he got mad, he always turned red. His face would get red, and steam would come out of the collar, and maybe other cartoons. I use cartoons because the cartoons, you can animate it a little better, you know, the red face and the steam coming out over a movie, but 
watch a movie and someone gets mad, someone gets, you know, something happens to them and they want revenge. They get mad, they get upset and they want to lash out. I mean, name any mob movie out there and that's what happens. You kill one of ours, we're going to kill two or three of yours and it's back and forth, back and forth. And I think it was The Godfather, the first one, when The Godfather, his son was shot and killed and he goes and calls a meeting of the families, right? And he says, let's end this. Okay. Now there wasn't that moment of, I forgive you, but it was the idea, the concept that in order for this to end, especially in a situation like the mob where your reputation of being a, a bad guy, of getting revenge, you, you need that. You need that angry mean streak in you to have the respect right on the street. But what he decided to do was that was enough. And he, so he took the action. And a lot of people would see that in that environment as weakness and as you watch the movie you start to see people question the weakness of the godfather but in actuality it's a strength because he found inner peace he found inner peace by doing that and as the movie goes along you see him now he's in the garden he's with his grandkids he has inner peace before the movie ultimately ends with him not making it because of his age but he found that inner peace he found that control he took it back and that's what we, we often lose. So think about a situation. Think about something that happened in your life. It could be somebody that offended you. It could be something that happened to you. And what keeps you from forgiveness? I want to play something for you. It's the story of a grandma. Her name is Kathy Sanders. We all know the story all too well especially if we're a little bit older. It was when the Oklahoma City bombing took place. Kathy Sanders wrote a book, Now You See Me. She had two grandkids in the preschool of the Murrah building the day it blew up. Lost two grandkids. And she talks about, in her book, Now You See Me, And if you ever get a chance, maybe go on YouTube and watch some videos of her. If you get a chance to read a book, it's just a dynamic tale. She's talking, you know, Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh. I mean, names that will go down in the annals of history, terrorism and things that went bad in this country. And she talked about, through her story, wanting to understand why. It was important to her. And one time when we had a chance to talk with her years ago, She mentioned that she had an opportunity to get an interview with Terry Nichols, and he's at the Supermax in Colorado, and she wanted to understand why. She needed those answers, and she worked and worked and worked to get an interview with Terry Nichols. Now, Timothy McVeigh has long been executed at this point, so that wasn't an option. Finally, she got approval, and Terry Nichols agreed, and she was going to go in for the interview, and it was something like the day before or the night before, she decided, you know what, this pursuit, this pursuit of whatever it is that's driving her for answers, that's driving her for revenge, that's driving her for whatever, wasn't fulfilling her. It wasn't giving her the peace. It wasn't giving her any satisfaction, so she decided to just drop it all together and not do the interview. She went on and wrote the book, uh, wrote the book, and when she was doing an interview, It came down to the fact that forgiveness was a key component for her. And this is what she had to say. Well, I didn't wake up one morning and think, you know, today would be a great day to forgive the men that murdered my grandchildren. What I've learned 
and I've tried to share in my book, is that forgiveness is a process. It's not an event. Uh, I read the Lord's Prayer. It's the only conditional prayer in the Bible that I know of that says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that. The Lord understood that. I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that. I decided that I needed to pray for those men. So I said, Lord, I left Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh up to you. And then it was as if I'd hit the stone wall. I didn't know how or what to pray after that. And I asked the Lord, you're going to have to send your Holy Spirit to intercede for me. I have no idea what my prayers did for McVeigh or Nichols. But when I began to pray for those men, it began to change my life. It began to change her life. It wasn't necessarily about them because she prayed and her faith in this case is what helped her through, but she wasn't sure how her prayers towards the others was even affecting them, if at all. But what happened was it started to change her from within. It started to change her life. And then she was able to eventually get on with her life. I don't think we ever overcome death. But she was able to overcome that bitterness, that revenge. Some of those things that go on that just tear her apart. And once she was able to get over that, she was able to then create an environment where her the greatness in her was able to come out. She was able then to write a book and she was able to touch the lives of many people. One of the things that I find fascinating is that when you take a look at cases of people talking about their stories, and I've got a couple more too that I want to play for you, and, and, and it's dramatic. It's dramatic because if somebody like Kathy Sanders can forgive after the loss of her grandbabies, if someone lies to you, is that even close? Now, I'm not comparing Because for each individual person, if we're offended in some way, like forgiveness is, forgiveness is the ceasing to feel resentment toward the offender. So someone does something to us, they're the offender. Someone lying to us could obviously be a big deal. Someone stealing from us can absolutely be a big deal. Whatever the case that happens to you is obviously a big deal. We're not diminishing it. But what we're doing is looking at people that had dramatic things happen to them. And yet they were still able to forgive. Because this is the thing, the pattern, I guess you can say, that happens. When something happens to you and you let that resentment, the grudge, the acts of revenge, the thoughts of revenge, the plotting of revenge, when you let that kind of simmer inside you, The greatness in you begins to die. It's replaced by pain. It's replaced by the struggles. It's replaced by bitterness. We have no peace. We lose control. How many times do you hear hear stories of people that something brutal happened to them and they end up in drug and alcohol abuse? They start talking about suicide, thoughts of suicide. And when you talk to some of these people that go through through some of these things, they start to realize that, yes, the events that happened to them were traumatic, 
But those weren't the events that kept them or those weren't the events that made them go down these roads. It was harboring that bitterness, that resentment towards the offender that drove them. Now, you might be asking, how is that? It seems kind of extreme to, to blame yourself when something happens, right? Well, here's a story that I want to uh, play for you. Sarah Callies is her name. And she's going to describe a situation that happened to her and share her story with you. It's about three and a half, four minutes long, but it's worth listening to. We just heard Kathy Sanders talk about how Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols took something from her. And forgiveness was the ultimate thing that kind of freed her from those negative things that were going on inside. Well, here's Sarah Cowley's telling her story. On June 9th of 1997, it was a Monday, um, between 4 and 5 o'clock in the afternoon, got off early that day, and I used to love going down to the, the bluffs over the Mississippi River. So many Decided to sunbathe, laying on a towel, and you know when you've had your eyes closed and it's a really sunny day and you first open them, it takes your eyes a while to adjust. All I could see in front of me as my eyes slowly adjusted was the figure of a man, uh, his shadow over the top of me. He'd been stalking me. Um, He had a mask on. That was the only thing that, that he was wearing. I mean, the next thing I knew, he was on top of me. And I screamed, and he wasn't expecting that. He tried to run, and I'm not sure why to this day, but I decided to chase him. I turned into that girl that runs up the stairs instead of out the front door in those movies where you're like, go out the front door. That's when I realized I could die. I turned and ran, and I went in the opposite direction. I like to say that I survived that day but that day was the beginning of a slow, long death. I think that I I wanted to be living, but I knew that I wasn't. It was kind of this thing that my family didn't talk about. You know, six months later, I was called in for a lineup, and I mean, it was something that didn't necessarily go away right away, but it wasn't discussed. And uh, because of my lack of support system and family, um, I was left to fend for myself. And I had a lot of anger and bitterness. Um, And I was suicidal. And as the drinking got worse to cope or the drugs got worse, the more desperately I wanted to be free of all of that. And I got to the point where I realized I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to hurt anymore. I was ready to be free, and I made a decision to forgive. Not just forgiving him, but forgiving my parents, and even better, forgiving myself for a lot of things. (laughs) And when I chose to let go, of that pain and that bitterness and that anger and that frustration. 
I got something far greater in return. You can't buy, you can't box. Um, freedom. God restores and he redeems. I couldn't imagine going through what she went through. And I'm sure the process from her going from that day to ultimately forgiveness was probably a long, hard process. But if you listen to her story, she talks about the pain, the struggle, the fact that she had no support system because her parents basically weren't there for her. So what does she do? She dives into the drugs and alcohol. She becomes suicidal. She mentions bitterness. And all that is driving her down a broken path. And then she makes the decision. She made the decision. She wanted to live. And she knew that the only way to have that freedom was to let it go. Forgiveness. She forgave the bad dude that offended her. She forgave her parents. They offended her, abandoned her. She forgave herself. And what happened? It was restoration. It was redemption. She let it go so she could grow. And I think that a lot of times that's what we don't do. We cut ourselves. We don't let ourselves grow because we don't want to let it go. We may forgive. We may forget but we never let it go. And that keeps that inner greatness from us coming out. It's a process. And one of the things that I find interesting is that it oftentimes will take somebody getting to the bottom, rock bottom, before they realize. Fortunately, in her case, she was able to realize that she wanted to go on, and now she tells the story. And as you follow up on her story, she mentioned January 9th, it was between 4 and 5, it was on a Monday, when she was offended. 17 years later, June 10th, between 4 and 5, she gave birth to twin boys. And so for her, as she tells her story as it goes on, almost 17 years later to the day, that pain was replaced with now these two boys. And so you think back on that, and what would have life been like for her if she hadn't given up that bitterness, that pain, that struggle? And so what do we do? What are we giving up? What are we giving up when we keep that pain inside us, when we keep that struggle inside us? A lot of us might not have support. We might not have people that we can turn to. Or the support system, they're the ones that are offending us. So how do we not resent them? How many people go through life hating their parents? Parents are probably the worst offenders if you ask a lot of people. 50, 60-year-old people still having issues because of things their parents did. Can't let it go. I know a lot of people that have issues with their parents long after their parents are no longer here. It keeps them from growing. 
Now, each person has to evaluate themselves. You have to evaluate yourself. These issues, are they worth holding on to? Is the pain, the struggle that we've had for years with our parents, is it worth it? Or do we let it go so we can grow? And for a lot of people, if you've had great parents, those aren't the issues. Maybe it's siblings. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe there's other people out there. Because that's the hardest thing to do is to deal with people. You know, I was strolling through social media, and I came across this video on TikTok. And I found it interesting because a lot of times when people come and actually do say, hey, I'm sorry for what I did, oftentimes we'll say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay, right? But then I discovered this, and it made a lot of sense because it resonates with the fact that if forgiveness is strength, then we need to allow for that forgiveness to be strength and not just dismiss it. Best piece of advice that I've ever gotten. When I was younger, my dad would never let me say it's okay after somebody apologized to me. And for a long time, I hated that because when someone says, I'm sorry, your first reaction is to say it's okay. And he would never let me say that. He would only let me say, I forgive you. And so one day in high school, I got so fed up and I was like, dad, why won't you let me say it's okay? Because it's all over. I'm okay. I'm done with it. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, Han, no, it's not okay. When you say it's okay, the person's not actually apologizing. What you're doing is accepting the fact that they hurt you. When you say, I forgive you, you are acknowledging the fact that they were wrong and you're starting to heal from it. Don't be dismissive of the hurt they did to you by saying it's okay. Don't minimize what they did to you because it happened. And the advice that the father gave the daughter was to not say it's okay because it isn't, but to say, I forgive you. You make it a strength and you make the conscience, the conscious decision to give it strength and not minimize the hurt that was done to you. Not to, be dismissive of the things that were done to you. And so when we take a look at some of the things that are going on, we forgive others. We forgive ourselves. We talked about earlier the pain, the struggle, the bitterness, no peace, no control, We have a grudge. The grudge leads to vengeance. Well, we don't want to act on that vengeance depending on the severity of what was done to us. So maybe we then turn our attention to the drugs, the alcohol. Like Sarah, we get suicidal. But as we continue to hold that resentment, to hold that grudge, to exact our revenge, at least mentally in our thoughts, maybe we don't act on them, but we want bad things to happen to them. That bitterness and anger will continue to grow. And then it starts to affect other people in our lives, other people that are around us. Good relationships then become sour because we're 
We've got this thing festering inside of us, preventing that greatness from coming out, preventing that raising the standard, raising the bar from happening, keeping us from inspiring other people, keeping us from being the example. Now people, instead of seeing a good example, are going to see an example that they don't want to be a part of or maybe lead people down a bad path because they want to follow us like we see in gangs, like we see in mafia, like we see in those type of environments. Somebody does something bad to us, we need to exact revenge. And then the cycle continues. That resentment, that grudge, it takes the joy out of life. It takes the joy from within. And what's life without joy? How do we have a joyful life? How does that beautiful life inside of us come out if we're continuing to to hold that resentment? Depression. Anxiety, maybe other mental health issues will kick in and start to affect us. It did for Sarah. Does it for you? I'm sure you know people that have had things happen to them and how it affects them. Maybe we start to take that pain and that hurt within us and we want to mask it. And so we start to use drugs. We start to use alcohol to numb the pain. Maybe someone doesn't offend you personally. But what about something like Kathy Sanders, the loss of a child or grandchildren? I couldn't imagine what it's like to to lose a child. But could you imagine the pain? And you want to mask that pain. I remember a friend of mine telling me a story. When he was younger, his mom died. And his father would come home after work and just sit on the couch and drink basically rum and coke, numb the pain, because there was so much pain, because there was loss. And so we get to that. Sarah got to that. Drugs and alcohol led to the mental health issues of suicide. And then as we continue to hold on to that resentment and that grudge, we start to lose our identity, who we are. We become blank, vacant. We become obsessed with the the negative, that bitterness and anger in us. The joy is taken from us. Now we start to see people maybe moving away from us, not wanting to be around us because they don't like the way that we're acting. And it's not like we're offending them. It's just we've become withdrawn. We've gotten inside of ourselves. And so we lose our identity of who we are. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, that person was so much fun and had a smile on their face and full of joy and laughter, but then something happened and then they became the opposite, sad, reclusive to themselves, angry, bitter. It's not easy, but we lose our identity. We lose the greatness that's in you. We lose the greatness that we have in us when we harbor resentment, bitterness, when we hold that grudge and we seek revenge. And ultimately, we don't fulfill the better you. We can't fulfill a better you if we're dragging this baggage with us. So the question might be then, how do you deal with forgiveness? So how do you deal with forgiveness? Number one, forgive your parents. 
You do, you do not become an adult until you have forgiven your parents 100% for every mistake they ever made. Remember, it's never too late to have a happy childhood, so just go back and forgive your parents. If they're no longer with you, forgive them and let them go. So the second thing, forgive any relationship that you ever had that didn't work out. Now this is hard because it's so personal and it's so painful. But if you can forgive your parents, it's a real good warm-up. Most people are still mad at their parents in their 50s. If you then forgive every previous relationship, you accept that you were at least partially responsible for getting into the relationship. You were definitely responsible for staying in the relationship. You just say, I am responsible, I am responsible, I am responsible. I bless them and let them go. And just let it go. Because in letting them go, you set yourself free. By not letting them go, you're keeping yourself in prison, in an emotional prison. The third thing that you can do is forgive everybody else. Forgive everyone else in your life that has ever hurt you in any way. Every past childhood slight, every sibling, every person in your family, every person you ever worked for, every lousy boss or person who cheated you, lied to you, robbed you and everything else and so on. I mean, just let it go. Just let it go. Remember, it's a selfish act. You're doing it for yourself. And finally, number four, this is really critical, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Pretty much everybody. That's what it comes down to. Anybody and everybody that has done something. Parents. Fortunately, I was blessed with great parents. So maybe for me, parents aren't an issue. But maybe for you and a lot of people, parents are. Other people, bad relations. How many bad relationships have you been in? We just recently got through Valentine's Day. How many of you brought up bad relationships? You're single this year because that bastard did something to us or that bitch did something to us and we're mad at them and so we weren't able to enjoy Valentine's Day because we're single and that person did something to us. Well, what if we're going through a job that says, you know, forgive others, everyone else. It's the parents, it's the bad relationships, it's everyone else. I can think of bosses. I can think of coworkers. I can think of friends that have offended me in some way. Backstabbing, telling lies, being jealous and envious so they try to undermine what you do. Jealous of another relationship or friendship so they try to cut it down, to take it away. And then ourself. We don't forgive ourselves. And that's the biggest thing that we don't do. One, two, and three are probably easier. Two and three, probably easier. Parents are probably the third hardest, but the hardest person to forgive is us, ourselves, you. When we can't forgive ourselves, we can't forgive anybody else. Or it's unfair for you to forgive everybody else, but not yourself. So you have to. Forgive yourself. It's the biggest one. It's freedom. When you forgive those bad relationships, you have freedom now. We talked about it a little bit ago. You have freedom now to maybe go out and get a better relationship, a good relationship, and that vengeance, that festering of that anger from that resentment doesn't bleed over into this new relationship. Biggest mistake I hear people talk about when they go out on their first date is their date was talking about their previous relationship spoils it 
Nobody wants to hear about that. We have to let it go so we can grow. And we have to remember that forgiveness is selfish. Sometimes it is selfish. Sometimes we need to forgive just for ourselves. Maybe the other person doesn't even come and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you don't want to see the person. Maybe Sarah just forgave the bad guy, her rapist, and maybe never wanted to see him. It was too painful. Protecting herself, putting those walls, those barriers to protect herself. But she forgave anyways without having to see him. So what happens when we do forgive? Healthier relationships. We have improved mental health. We're not festering. We're not holding on to resentment. We don't have the depression, the anxiety. Maybe it's from something else, but maybe it's, but it's not from this. So our mental health is better. We can think clearly. We can make better decisions. We can interact with people differently. We have less depression. Time and time again, I hear people talking about how depressed they are because something happened to them. You break up in a relationship, hits hard, hits hard bad. We end up in the covers, under the covers, in our room for weeks because that breakup was bad, that depression sets in. That's why there's uh, those steps of grief that we go through. And depression is a big one, but depression can also come from us not forgiving And so as we sit there and we go through these things, we get better self-esteem. We feel better about ourselves. Because again, forgiveness is power. Forgiveness is strength. It's not weakness. It's taking control of the situation, giving ourselves inner peace. So we have healthier relationships. We have improved mental health. We have less stress and anxiety. We have less depression. We have improved self-esteem. And the other thing is we just live a healthier life. Our heart condition physically is better. Our blood pressure. We talked about Fred Flintstone getting mad and the steam coming out, turning red. Well, that's blood pressure going up, right? It's a negative effect. The heart's pounding hard. We chill out, mellow. Like Frozen said, let it go so we can grow. And so there's a lot of negative connotation, a lot of negative things that come from us not forgiving. And again, it doesn't have to require somebody coming to us. It's us consciously deciding that we are going to let it go. We're going to give up that resentment to the person that offended us because we want inner peace. We want that strength. We want that control. And we want to be able to do it. And so we just decide to do it. Now, when you do forgive, you're not letting the offender off the hook. We may say forgive and forget, but we don't forget. We have to make sure that we don't become repeat offenders or that people aren't repeatedly offending us, so we have to take precaution, right? You talk about turning the other cheek, I think that's often taken out of context because if someone smacks me around, you can get the backside of my hand, not my other cheek. So we protect ourselves. But we have to forgive. It's a process. It's a journey. It takes time. Sarah might have taken her a long time to get to the point. Kathy Sanders might have taken a long time for her to get to the point where she was able to forgive 
Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh. It's not denying what happened to you either. People like to think that for, like to think forgiveness is a weakness. Oh, if you forgive, you forget. It's like it never happened. It went away. But no, it's not denying what happened. And so we know that what happened took place. And we're not letting the offender off the hook. We're not going to allow ourselves to be in a situation. We're going to learn from it. But we're not going to deny it happened. Forgiveness, we don't have to tell the person that we forgave them. People think that you have to go to somebody. Hey, you know what? I forgive you for what you did. You choose to forgive somebody. You choose to forgive yourself without having to tell them. You don't have to face them down. I think that's one of the the things that people kind of misunderstand. Because why would you go like Sarah? Why would she want to face somebody that offended her? Kathy, if you go back and read her story, she wanted to confront Terry Nichols. Then she decided against it. There was a girl that I was going to share a story with, and I briefly will. Uh, I had some audio, but uh, Marietta Yeager Lane was a mom, and still is, but they were camping in 1973, and her daughter was kidnapped and taken away, gone. And so the uh, kidnapper, who eventually killed her daughter, would call her and taunt her. And so eventually the FBI were able to track him down through those phone calls. And so she wanted to kill him. She said in one of the clips that I heard was that if the kidnapper brought back her daughter alive right now, she would still want to kill him. That's how much resentment she had toward him. But then as the trial and life continued on, she started to realize that, you know what, that's not only is that wrong, but that would basically defile every good thing that her daughter was about. Becoming that person that offended her daughter was going to now be offensive to her. So then not only did she decide to forgive, to cut the story short, uh, to cut the story short, she decided to forgive the offender, the murderer of her daughter. She also went and became an advocate against the death penalty and kind of supported him in his... Uh, trial i guess as far as the penalty phase now she did not want him to get off it just became a penalty phase thing i don't know if i would have done that and that's probably a conversation for another time but it was the forgiveness she went from if he brings her back alive i want to kill him to you know what i'm going to forgive him because i'm not going to become that thing that offended my daughter and then she goes on from there and has told her story many times uh, marietta yeager lane if you want to look her up online And so then what do we do with forgiveness? Do we have, we talked about, you know, the penalty. If you do something, there's a penalty. It seems like today in the judicial system, it's like the offender shouldn't have to pay the price, but the person that was offended, the victim, is the guilty one. It seems like we got things backwards. People have taken this concept of forgiveness and kind of mixed it up and created something that isn't there. But that's why it comes back to us, us making a conscious decision. Is it unfair if someone who violates us legally gets off scot-free? No. Are we going to harbor that? It's up to you. But if we give it, we let it go so we can grow, we're better off for it. And that's a decision that we all have to make. 
But what about forgiveness? Does forgiveness comes with strings? Or is it unconditional? Think about somebody that you've hurt, somebody that you've disappointed, either deliberately or inadvertently. Or someone that has hurt you, deliberately or inadvertently. Think about them, somebody that that you really, really, when you think about them, the, the room turns red. Look at them in your mind's eye and say, I forgive you. I forgive you unconditionally. Boy, that's a heavy load to let off. When I thought about that guy, I said, wait a minute. I can't not. No, you don't know what this guy did. You, You don't know what we went through. My students said, Les, forgive. Let it go. If you want to be forgiven, you better forgive somebody. None of us are perfect. All of us have made some mistakes. And it wasn't easy. It's not easy forgiving. Am I right? It's hard. See, everybody won't forgive. They say, I forgive, but I don't forgive now. <laughs> Let it go so you can grow. Let it go so you can grow. No strings attached. Gotta let it go. Strings come baggage. We take baggage with us. We can't achieve those things. We can't achieve the inner greatness in us. We can't have the peace. We can't have the healthy lifestyle. We can't have healthy relationships. We can't have all the good things that come from it, even though we've forgiven if we have strings attached to it. It's baggage. Cut the baggage. Let it go. No strings attached. It's not easy. It's hard. But we got to let it go so we can grow. So how do we do that? We talked about it being a process. Is it a process that takes a while? It can. Is it a process that constantly is ongoing? Pretty much. Is it a process that takes time and effort and energy? Absolutely. Martin Luther King Jr. said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. We're constantly being offended. We have to have a a constant attitude of forgiveness, not the occasional act. So what is practice of forgiveness? Is it difficult? Sure. Isn't anything that's worthy of character building? Sometimes I have to forgive the same people over and over and over again. However, forgiveness is a practice worth cultivating, worth experiencing. When you forgive somebody for something that you perceive that they've done wrong to you, you are releasing that animosity, that energy, that ill will that you're harboring inside. And it's a lot more difficult than just merely saying, I'm sorry. It's the practice of forgiveness. Character building. Building character within us. Doing something that is or acting in a way that is opposite of the situation. Someone offends you, the natural response is revenge. But yet we forgive. We have to cultivate that forgiveness. We have to experience it. And what I mean by that is not keep getting offended so we can say, oh, I'm sorry, oh, you're forgiven, and do the process over. But no, it's going through that process of, you know what? I forgive you. It's not okay. Like the gal said earlier, her dad taught her, I forgive you. Going through the experience, I forgive you. 
Or maybe on the other hand, it's us going to those people and saying, I'm sorry. Because it's not always them that offend. We may be the offender. And so it takes time. We have to release the resentment, that ill will. But it's a practice. It's character building. It's doing it. Like Martin Luther King Jr. said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. Now, what happens if we're the one that offends or something? We did something. Does it define who we are? Here's Joe Rogan and his comments. You are not your past. You're you. You're you right now. Like the past you did, you might have done some things you wish you hadn't done. Don't dwell on that. You Learn from it, that's fine, but don't dwell on it. Just keep moving. Keep moving. You know, use it. Use it as fuel. Say never again. You know, I, I get I get what I did wrong, but don't think that you're that person that made those mistakes. You're the person who's learned. Learn from it. Learn from your mistakes. Move on. Forgive yourself. Ask forgiveness from the offense from the for the person you offended or the thing you offended. Whatever it is, take responsibility for what you did, and then go ask for forgiveness, and then learn from it and move on. It doesn't define who you are. You're not that same person in the past. How many times have you talked to somebody who's an alcoholic or a drug addict, drug addict and they're recovering? They always talk about their past. They don't forget it, but that's not who they are. They're somebody different now. And they make a conscious effort not to become that person that they were. They want to become the person that they are and the person that they will be. That greatness in them, raising the standard. That's a page that we can take from them, something we can learn from them. It's not stay the same person we were. Don't let that define us. We recognize it. We understand it. We learn from it, but we move forward. We become the new person. Nick Vujicic is a guy who was born without any arms and legs, and he has a tremendous story. But he talks about forgiveness here in this one-minute clip, and it's interesting. It talks about the forgiveness and, again, the theme of, that comes with forgiveness that peace, breaking the chains of bondage that comes with that resentment that we don't give up. A rich man on his deathbed, you ask that person, what does he want? He wants peace. You know, a lot of those peace issues that the human soul looks for, it always comes back to the people who've done wrong to you or your family, and you haven't yet had peace yet. I want to be able to forgive them. A lot of people wait for an apology before they even think of forgiving them. It's not about whether or not they ask for forgiveness. It's about you letting go of your chains, those emotions that are attached to what they did to you. If you can let it go, if you can forgive, and yes, I'm not saying just let someone abuse you and forgive them. No, if you're being abused, get some help, find a counselor, and be in a position where you're safe. But I want you to know today that freedom of people doing bad to you starts with you deciding to forgive. Forgiveness, it's about peace. It's about you. It's setting yourself free. It's breaking those chains. It's a con conscious decision that you make that no matter what, the offender might not even know. You forgive them. Your parents, bad relationships, everybody else, yourself. A conscious decision that you make to get rid of that resentment and all the negative that comes with it and replace it 
with the peace and all the positive that comes with it, the healthier relationships, the improved mental health, less stress and anxiety, less depression, improved self-esteem, healthier life because your heart, your blood pressure, all your body is functioning properly. It's not being attacked with that anxiety and that stress. Wouldn't that be a better life? Wouldn't that be a better way? So we replace the pain, the struggles, the bitterness, the no peace, the no control, the grudge, the vengeance, maybe the drugs, the alcohol, the suicide. And when we forgive and we cease to feel the resentment towards the offender, we start to get freedom. We start to have peace. We have strength. We take control. We break the chains of bondage that that resentment cages us in. We let it go so we can grow. Forgiveness doesn't make the person that offended you right and what they did. It's not denying that. It's just making you free. Forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and then realizing that you were the prisoner. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel when it's crushed. Forgiveness is taking seriously the awfulness of what happened when you were treated unfairly. Mistakes are always forgivable if you have the courage to admit them. And then forgiveness is an act of will. And will functions regardless of the temperature of the heart. I think that's my favorite one. Forgiveness is an act of will. We will forgive regardless of what our heart is telling us. Our heart might say, we want that vengeance. We want that grudge. We're going to hold that resentment. But my will is going to forgive. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and will functions regardless of the temperature of the heart. Forgiveness. Cease to feel resentment toward the offender. And if you do, you can raise the standard. You can raise the bar. That inner greatness will come out. You can have a beautiful life. You can live the life that you're supposed to be. You can take your passion. You can make it happen. You can let yourself be great. And in the end, that's what we should strive for. It's not going to be easy. It's practice. It's a journey. It's building character. It's, it's doing it. It's a constant state. It's a constant attitude, not an occasional act. Forgiveness. And there you have it. Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. You can uh, follow on Instagram. The Two Steps Ahead podcast is at TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast. There's a link in the bio for Radio Warp, for SoundCloud, Spotify, places that you can actually hear the show on demand. There's also a YouTube link. You can watch the show on YouTube. So if you go to at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, you can also see the show on Instagram. So a lot of things there. If you go to my personal webpage or my personal um, Instagram page, at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Same thing, link in the bio will take you some different options, uh, YouTube and uh, Radio Warp and some different places. So again, everything you need to know, or how to find us, you can just go to Instagram, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, or Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, links in the bio. You can DM me on either site, 
and you can get a hold of me. I respond and it's all beautiful because it's right there and it's contained. If at all you get lost, don't know what to do, just search us. Two Steps Ed Podcast, Google, Yahoo, Bing, whatever it is you use, Quant, Lucky Duck, I don't know, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and if you have Siri, Alexa, just say, hey, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. So right there, easy to find. And we're on RadioWarp.com live every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Pacific time. RadioWarp.com. There's also some great music that plays throughout the week. There's some other shows that pop up there as well. Friday night's an 80s night. Saturday night's a dance night. And so we've got all kinds of cool things. You can also take the app and take us on the go. Just go to your app store and just search Radio Warp app. Warp is W-A-R-P. So Radio Warp app and just download it and you can take us on the go. Thanks for listening and do tell a friend. Again, take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great, be kind, don't be an a-hole. We'll see you next time.